Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 60 of An Untold Narrative, where we feature uh, creatives from around the globe who have amazing stories to tell, uh, who have maybe impacted my life, who I've been following for a while, who piqued my interest, and I think will pique yours. And today's guest is no different. Um, Drew White is on the podcast today. Drew, what's up, man? How are you? Where are you? How are you feeling? What's good, Dave? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, I'm feeling great. I'm in Providence, Rhode Island right now. Uh, yeah, as you said, my name is Drew White, uh, designer amongst uh, other things, human, all that, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, what's, what's, what's happening with you? All good things. So is that how you classify yourself? If somebody's like, you're walking down the street or you're at a party and you're like, and somebody's never met you, which is rare around Providence or Worcester or Boston. People mostly have met you at some point in the street fashion world. But if yeah. someone hasn't met you, how do you introduce yourself? I've always had trouble with it, to be honest. I say I'm just like, you know, I'm a designer. And then it's usually like, you know, oh, what do you... What do you design? But I hate getting like super specific because I'm, I don't know. I like to keep it open and flexible, you know? I don't want to like pigeonhole myself. Um, but yeah, it definitely is just like a designer. And to be honest, probably before the past couple of years, I wouldn't even have said that. I would have just been like, uh, creative guy. Like, you know, I just like real gray area. I, I have a hard time selling myself. We kind of were just talking about this, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I keep it. I keep it fluid and flexible. The titles are cool, but I feel like if you've seen my work or if you know me, it like makes more sense um, that that response. But yeah, it's it's nothing too uh, rigid or strict. I try to keep it. Keep and it how fluid. do you how do you classify your creative? process or like do you like if you had to hone in on design right is that graphic design is that product is that like art in general like how do you like I I would say product definitely product design first I feel like a few years ago it would have been graphic design is how I would have like really classified it um but nowadays I would say product design um yeah a publication design is like more what I'm trying to like hone my skills in but yeah for for lack of uh you know more precise terminology I would say product yeah product design so spanning footwear apparel objects and things of the sort you just said publication design I don't think I've ever heard that I'm very I might have made it up I might have made it up I just looked to my right and I saw uh these books uh feels like home that we're working on volume three now uh so yeah trying to figure out um what's your what, but what, what's your definition behind that is that like storytelling like how would you classify that uh what feels like home no publication design oh yeah i get i don't know just like sort of like um looking at it because it's like a text oh, it's almost like we look at it like a textbook of some sort so it's like it has this like i don't know educational thread through it so it's not just like designing a zine i don't think i think it's a little more thorough and, and calculated um so yeah i i don't know i might have made that up 
I think you should totally stick to that. That was the, it's kind of cool. I'm super happy that guy that appeared on this podcast. Um, I did, while you, while you brought it up, I do want to talk about that. And I, I honestly, you do a lot of things that like I forget about, or probably it's hard to like always capture like all the different in the breadth and the bandwidth of work that you do. But like, talk about like the feels like home project. You said you're going into volume three. Um, mm -hmm. What is it and kind of why are you doing it? Yeah, so Feels Like Home is pretty much a publication that started between myself um, and a handful of other friends, uh, Abby, Sam, and Mikey. And we all have like different points in which we've like connected through the footwear world. Um, the, one of the biggest connecting points has been Bodega. So Abby and Mikey both were at Bodega for a good amount of time. Um, Sam had always worked closely with Bodega because he was on the other side at like Reebok at a different and Adidas at different points in his career. So um, initially we all got together to do this project that, you know, we would cross paths in all different places um, over the years where it would be like, you know, after different people moved on from Bodega, I'm still there, but um, you know, we'd be in LA. You could relate to this for sure. Just being in different places and crossing paths or like seeing familiar faces where you're like oh you might not know the person but you're like damn i've been in a room or an event with the you know maybe i should introduce myself so the whole idea of like being able to be in these different places but have uh, a connection that's a little deeper and in a way feels like home feels familiar enough feels welcoming and all this stuff. so that's like kind of where it started and it's kind of grown to you know at first it was like a photo book that just featured like my graphic design, Abby's photographs, Mikey's photographs, Sam's like, uh, you know, thought processes all like mapped out. And the first, you know, uh, volume we did of it did really well. We went to Chicago and we sold a bunch of issues and stuff. And we were like, how can we make this more meaningful and like get more people involved? Um, and so it kind of carried on this, uh, new breath of life when we started like involving other creatives in our networks and communities but it is mostly northeast based you know from new york all through new england and um yeah just like kind of like curating all this all these different mediums of work but it's all within this like scope of like uh does you know nostalgia like design like sort of like history like educational tradition you know all these things mixed up but it all is centered around the idea of like feels like home so it could be very like tart like specific regional um things that we're like uh citing and like bringing attention to that you would only know if you're like from boston or from that area or there's like you know sam's like grandmother's like recipes um <laughs> that would appeal to like you know, people that are of like Puerto Rican descent, they could like, you know, relate to that and, you know, see some of themselves in it. So it, yeah, it's just like uh, this platform now, I think for the region and for um, kind of like people that we believe in and feel like should have the opportunity to be in print in something that's like timeless and sort of a, uh, a record of, you know, a physical record of, what was happening that year or where our interests lied in that that year that it was created um that's super so, cool. yeah 
I love I love that. That's super fun. Uh, it sounds like it's a it's a growing uh, concept, and you're bringing more and more people along for the ride with it. So uh, definitely, people check it out, especially if you're in the Northeast, which some of the viewership is from the Northeast. So uh, you, speaking of home, uh, ever since I got to know you, you've been a, a huge Providence advocate, Providence, Rhode Island, hey. and obviously where 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 you live. But you touch on different communities and different cities around the area, such as Worcester, where I live, and Boston, obviously, where you work, and you you uh, impact people and kind of and triangulate between, let's call it those three, but like, you talk about Providence a lot. Is that originally where you're from? Why do you, why do you speak so highly about the city? Yeah, because I feel like it's like a, you know, it's like the country's best kept secret. I feel like with Providence, the expectations are so low because people aren't, <laughs> People that don't know just aren't familiar. So when they come here, they're kind of like, oh shit, like you guys got like great artwork. There's great food. There's all these like different cultural things happening. So I've never like heard of someone being let down by my over like selling of, of Providence, which is awesome. But um, yeah, it is where, you know, my family's from is where I grew up. I grew up in East Providence. I went to high school there and everything, but there's just always been a heavy connection from, there's like a triangle out here that I very much identify with between East Providence, Providence and Pawtucket. That's like where all my family is. It's where everyone grew up. You know, my grandmother was like huge in the Providence school system, super well-respected. I got you know, uh, father, family that were like firefighters and all this stuff in the city. Um, so it is just like, I'm very prideful about it. And I think it, um, it just, it's just overlooked. And being in the smallest state, it's like, um, that's part of my whole like mission, you know, is to bring attention to this place and kind of try to like open doors and not only, like you said, and it's not only for like Providence, but it is for like, you know, like Worcester and like all those, uh, you know, all our little like uh, mill, cities and towns that have this like very blue collar yeah. kind of approach and like uh upbringing or like start um and now it's like we have all these you know the younger generation that still like lives in these places and their parents are still doing that type of work but it's like there's a lot of creative people and a lot of people that think a little differently a little more like practical and pragmatic in how they approach things and uh i just like i believe in a lot of people out here so i i don't ever um you know and a lot of people that make it from these areas they they kind of make it elsewhere and they don't necessarily like I don't know they don't not that they don't give back they find ways to give back and such but I really want to like make it while I, like stay here and make it quote unquote while I'm here you know and be able to like be a part of like helping other people you know break through um so that's been the goal. There's like a bunch of people that are on that mission with me over the, you know, uh, I'm not the leader of the, the mission, but like <laughs> there's a bunch of people in different areas that I view as the leaders. And we all, when we come together, I feel like a lot of magic like happens. There's a, there's heavy connection with like, I don't know, just like certain people in Worcester, um, obviously Boston, it's like been a second home for me. A lot of people I've like learned from and really look up to are out there. And yeah, it's all like, you know, fluid in how it, how we all influence and like, uh, push each other, sort of. 
I love that. Yeah, no, you, you you definitely can hear the energy in your voice about like that mission. So I, I loved hearing about that. That's a, it's exactly like how I interpret it every time I every time we speak together. Um, mm-hmm. Growing like were you, growing up in kind of you know that area was it super creative back then? Like how did you get your creative start? Was it like education or like you know how did so, you how did you get going? Yes, it's. I've like, I don't know, I haven't fully like thought this through, but I did not go to school for design or art or anything like that. You know, even college, like I went to Suffolk. That's like where my Boston connection started was like, but aside from like sports and being fan, fans of like the teams and stuff, it's like, it was going to Suffolk and I was going for marketing. And it wasn't until I went to Bodega and I got an internship at Bodega where it started like getting clear for me. Um, but not to say, so back home, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of creativity around. I just felt like when I was growing up uh, in East Providence specifically, it was like there wasn't much to sort of like, uh, what, to like create, like to harness that creative energy. There wasn't much to look up to. There weren't like people that were like, oh, that's like so-and-so and he does this art, you know, and it's fire, he's from here. It's like, there wasn't any of that. And what I really attribute it too now like looking back was like my mother um she was always super hard working she had me when she was super young and she was a house cleaner so i would be or like yeah a house cleaner or an office cleaner whatever so but i would be in all these different like offices and design led spaces um that she would be cleaning and i would be with her and i would spend time in these spaces and one of the one of her like clients was like this fine artist that lives on the east side in Providence. One another one was an architect. So I was in these spaces, but like this is nothing. It's crazy you asked this because this is nothing that I I don't know. I I sort of create uh credited the creativity toward till like recently, like really thinking about it. I'm like, where yeah, it is true. Like, where did I, you know, because it was all sports and like school, you know, like that like real like uh I don't know, not creative education growing up. And it was like, I think just the exposure to these different like uh, workspaces and creative spaces, like through my mom and through like my grandmother who was a, a teacher in Providence for a while. It was like, I feel like that exposure like led me down this path in a way, but it wasn't quite until I got, like I said, to Bodega where I saw people that weren't that much older than me, like doing really crazy, like creative shit. And I was like, yo, I want to be like these dudes. And it was specifically Marvin and Randy, who were the like, uh, original designers at Bodega. Those are the guys that I was like, yo, I want to be like, you know, I I know I could do this type of work. So I I like, yeah, I kind of like, yeah, I figured it out that like way later up until like college, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. (laughs) Even like I graduated with a degree in marketing and it's like, it, it's helpful in, in where we, you know, in the space we work in regardless, but right. I definitely, yeah. I, so uh, I, sorry I could, to go on forever on that one, but. No, I, that's it. amazing. No, I honestly, super similar. My, uh, my, my mother also had us, uh, me and my older sister when, when she was young and, and, uh, she cleaned homes and offices as well. Uh, yeah. so in, uh, I've talked about this on a podcast. She used to bring us to like even a funeral home that she had to clean. 
And oh, like, damn. It like really, like I look back on those days, like we would try to help her for like $10 for like a couple hours mm-hmm. of work. And like, it sounds super similar uh, in that sense. So that's, that's a, uh, that was awesome that you shared that. You mentioned uh, that you interned at Bodega, which is kind of where you got your giddy up start. And so that internship happened when you were still getting your education at Suffolk. Yeah, so I want to say it was in my like sophomore year at Suffolk and they had a setup where it was like, you know, you could take, you could get an internship instead of um, going to class, you know, instead of going to class, you would have to just like write something every week that you went to the internship, but you would get full class, like four credits or whatever for it. So that's cool. I pretty much applied to like Bodega Concepts and Karma Loop at the time because- <laughs> Hell yeah. I was like, I, yo, my whole thing was, bro, I was going to business school, but I was not trying to wear a suit. I was like, I was anti, like, that was my whole mission with, I don't know, coming out of school. I was like, I wanted to be comfortable in, in what I was like, you know, in what I was familiar with and comfortable in. And um, yeah, Bodega was the only one that like hit me back really. And yeah, ever since then, it was kind of like, and then at Bodega, it was the timing. It was like, I came in as a marketing intern, but they didn't have any social media at the time. And they also weren't selling product online. So I just saw that as my opportunity to stay like, okay, if I could, you know, start the shit, then someone needs to manage it. And maybe I could be the person that just manages it. And then, you know, and one thing leads to another and 10 years goes by and here we are. (laughs) Yo, we're going to rewind real quick. So you saw you joined them as a marketing intern. You saw two opportunities of like, hey, like, why aren't they doing these things? And like, if if they're not going to do it, I might as well help them do that. And and that was really like your foundation in your first couple of years of your focus there. Yeah, it was. And like, it was like they were like dabbling or they had interest in it, but it wasn't fully there. It was like they were putting product on the website, but it was kind of like, you know, we have this product in store and it would just be on the website. You couldn't buy it or like, you know, cause they, and it was a super small team and it's like, uh, you know, we, they already have fire designers. They had a great buyer at the time. All the like positions were kind of filled and I'm like, okay, I'm here on the internship, but like, how can I stay? You know, I'm trying to like get paid and stay. I'm not trying to just like work for free. And yeah, so that is, that is how it, how it kicked off. That's amazing. I'm, uh, I didn't know that about your journey there. Um, you yeah. mentioned 10 years now. You've obviously done tremendous work uh, for anybody who, who's never met Drew or seen his work. He's been a, a, a crucial part of the, the Bodega family and a lot of the collaborations and stuff. Talk about you know, your journey. You start obviously on the marketing side and, and you find your way. You mentioned two designers were there, like awesome designers when you joined. And now you you are heading up all the collaborations and the design work and the 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 direction there. Like, how did you progress uh, and 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 bridge that gap? Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, like I said, I started with the internship and like with that, like Bodega was a it still is relatively small, but it was super small then. It was like I don't know, like ten to fifteen total people and. You know, the two designers were sitting right up front, like in the in the bodega front, right? And I I was sitting with them. So I was with like even though I was doing the marketing stuff, I was up there with them every day. So I was like, you know, looking over their shoulder, asking questions. They would have me trying on 
clothes that came in, like Sam, you know, and like, and so I was like, I became kind of a part of their process, not in a big way. Like they had the vision and all that. I was just there and it would just be like, what do you think of this? Or like, what do you, you know? And um, so yeah, the marketing internship role went into like, uh, sort of like a, a lead, uh, I don't know. It, they, they, the roles there are so uh, great because everyone does so much, but it, it went from like marketing intern to like the head of marketing because there was no one doing, there wasn't a marketing department. <laughs> so it was just like, I was like, okay, I'll do, I was doing social media stuff, you know, and then I was doing like PR stuff at the same time. So like anytime we had a project coming out, I was putting together like the press kits and doing the outreach for that. And I was putting product on Shopify, like copywriting for the oh, product shit. and like, yeah, like upload, like, so doing all this stuff, it's like, it was that for years and years and years. And then it was more specific as we got more people added to the team, it was more specifically PR and, um, you know, like marketing strategy stuff. And then when, you know, we ended up hiring more people and then we had like a marketing team and department and I was kind of like trying to figure out how to like be like, I enjoyed the marketing role, but I was less into the technicality of the marketing work and more into like the ideas and such. And so at that time, by that time, like the designers, the two main designers had moved on just like pursuing different goals they had in their career and lives. And my homie Pat assumed the design role um, and he worked on the sales floor for a minute and he has a brand called Bandulu and he did the, he did the design, he held down the design role for a couple of years. And while he was doing that, I was kind of like in this in-between like project manager kind of role where I was like getting more involved with the product, having more of a say on it, but I still wasn't technically the one designing it. It would be like, you know, I had, and parallel to this outside of Bodega, I was working on my design skills and like doing posters for parties and like trying to get my, my chops up. And um, yeah, with like uh, a collective back in Providence called Stay Silent, like I worked like closely with them for a minute, doing all the posters and promo design, graphic design stuff they needed. And essentially like Pat had moved on to pursue Bandulu full time and that left an opening. And it was kind of like a little step at that point because I was already in a lot of those conversations. I already was familiar with like what we were trying to accomplish and stuff. So it was like, it was just being ready for the opportunity because then I had all this proof of like, hey, I can design shit because I was like getting busy outside of Bodega. You know, I wasn't like waiting. I never wanted to like have to ask for the role. You know, I wanted them to kind of like notice that I was working hard and like doing stuff and like, hey, you could do this. You want to do this? And I'm, and then I was just ready for it. And that's not exactly how it happened, but it's kind of sort of how it happened. That's, a, yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, it kind of just, there's so much to go off of there and for any like creative listening of like, how do you find these opportunities or anything? It's just like, you've got to be ready in multiple aspects. And, you know, it's not a, I feel like there's a lot of pressure these days. And, and that was, this was many years ago still. These mm -hmm. days, it's like, there's a lot of pressure for creatives to do something outside of the nine to five and like branch out and constantly be learning or be curious even of like, how do I learn new things or like, but you never like, I don't think it was intentional. It sounds like you were just like interested in like, I'm going to help some friends that stay silent. I'll like do the graphics. And then 
maybe it'll eventually turn into like some work at work but like it was yeah it, it just like was this like ser uh, serendipitous thing it was and it, it had to do like yeah it was a lot to do with like proximity i think and just being in that because you know like bodega is like before I start, I like shopped at Bodega before I worked there, you know, and I was like a fan of what they did. And I thought, I thought I was going to open a sneaker store. Like, that's like what I wanted to do. I'm like, I'm gonna go to school for business. I'm gonna come back, open the sneaker store. And then as I got in there and I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with inventory. Like, I don't want to have to like Nike, like beating me over the head with like product, you know, like, I, I don't want any of this. Like, I'd rather just like, I don't know figure a different way to be involved in the, in this world. And it, yeah, it ended up being, um, the, you know, design and like, uh, you know, product development side of stuff, but it definitely did have to do with like, like you said, there is a lot of pressure. And I feel like one thing that I always did was like outside of bodega, I always took on these jobs or like work, that I, most of the time I'd be doing it for free, but I would just do it to see if I could do it. I would like agree to do it. Like someone would be like, yo, I, I'm looking for a logo that's like, and I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know if I could do that, but I'm gonna try to do that, you know? And it would take me forever. Cause I'd be like watching tutorials and trying to design the logo. It would take me like way longer than it should and all this stuff, but that's ultimately how I feel like I prepared myself for Oh for man, I, I hope people got their notebooks out and are listening because like that is amazing just uh, advice in general. It's like you don't necessarily even have to know what you're signing up for, what you're saying yes to. I, I did this back, it was in January a couple months ago. I, uh, I said yes to doing a window mural and I've never done a mural or painted windows. Before. I saw you, but like, I saw when you posted it. Oh, I man. just said, yes. I was like, I'll fucking figure <laughs> this out. And again, you go to YouTube university these days and you, exactly. you, you figure things out. It's like, do I have the core skill sets? And then can I apply that in a different way? And it's just a, it's a really fun learning process and you never know how that's going to help you along or that experience is going to like, you know, connect you to something else down the road. And it sounds like that's a, that mentality has really benefited and helped you out over the years. No, absolutely. It has. And it, at this point, it's like, I feel like you also have like a, when you're starting out, you have the, that's like the luxury of it kind of, cause like the expectation isn't too grand yet. You know, it's like you're building I don't know. You're like setting up your expectations at that point, uh, like what other people expect of you, you know? So if you're just like, I was always transparent, like, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I could do that. Like, I'm going to do my best. And it's like, they weren't losing anything because they weren't paying money. So it was just like, <laughs> it just worked out. Um, but yeah. I also, I also think a, a major golden nugget out of this. I know there's a, a, in the design ecosystem, there is a conversation around should designers get paid for their work or should you take free jobs? I have always taken the stance of, yes, you should do free work because it outweighs any $12 an hour gig that you may or may not get. And it mm -hmm. sounds like you, you take the same or basically hearing you say these things makes me think that you believe in that. For sure. No, I do. And I think like now, it's a little different because I'm trying to be like smarter, it's like, cause I'm more confident and I'm, I have like more of a track record of like proving that I know what I'm talking about, you know, but like, you know, when I was starting out, it definitely was like, and even now it's like, I don't like money is never the first 
conversation I have, like I have to like believe in what's going on before I even care about getting, you know, getting like paid for it. And I think that is the tough thing. Cause it's like, you know, there's a lot, a lot of designers or people that are a lot younger that I respect them for like establishing their value out of the gate or whatever it is. But sometimes I think they're like, uh, they're a little too eager to like stamp that value on their work rather than like figuring out what they're actually like really nice and good at. And like, what are they bringing to it and bringing to the next level? It's like the education could give you, you know, if you went to school for the shit, yeah, that could afford you a certain, you know, like stamp of value or like for your work. But I don't know. In general, I do think it's like up to you to like show and prove through the output and then like I in my case it's like I hope that people that are reaching out to me are like at this point are like reaching out to me because they want me like they want me to put my thing on it you know more so than me like uh you know like working within I don't know something that's more like specific of a goal where it's like oh we want you to create this like and it's like completely out of my wheelhouse like that doesn't really get me excited you know no, I think that's the best part as as people's careers transform and you build, you use the term track record as you as you start building a track record, then you can start saying uh, yes to the more so specifically to the projects that you, you know, relate to and you, you want to work on versus saying yes to every job because you have no idea what the hell you're doing. So mm-hmm. I think you're, you're definitely working towards that and building that solid foundation based on the work that you've you've done. Speaking of is there a specific over your 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 years of creativity is there a specific project that like you hold near and dear to your heart of like something that you're like man i love that project so much more than anything else or do you have a couple like do you ever think about like the work and like some of the the really great things that you've done i yeah there's a couple i i feel like so for me feels like home is representative of one of those you know just because it just allowed, like, my goal in the whole thing is to get a lot of people that I respect involved with whatever work it is that I do, whether it's Bodega, you know, if you look at, like, I don't know, the talent that we use for Bodega and who, like, the support system of creatives that helps Bodega be great, it's, like, it reflects all those things, but Feels Like Home is, like, an independent, it was, like, you know, me and the homies creating this thing to to uh to bring everyone in on and like you know so that that felt really good all the way through um and i would say the nike dunk project was like just a moment all together for so many reasons but one of them being that like you know i grew up collecting shoes buying too many shoes all this stuff and nike was just that that brand not to mention like the dunk and it's uh just it's like impact alone as a as a a piece of design or footwear or however you view it um so that project for those reasons and beyond that like what we did with the project through the storytelling so it had this whole like very nostalgic youthful take kind of it was like sandlot it was like a like a new version of the sandlot almost so that's my favorite movie ever so like all those elements like had me super like gassed on that project and then like furthermore um i had mentioned marvin earlier one of the original designers at bodega 
at the start of the pandemic, he passed. And that was the same year. Like later that year is when the dunk dropped. So we kind of, I had this idea of like that dunk representing, it it was like the dunk before the dunk. It was like a folklore. It was like meant to be like this piece of folklore, like this idea of like this bespoke, like handcrafted dunk that became, that came before the original. And we had this, uh, you know, I wanted to call it the legend or whatever, but you know, obviously the project was in progress and then Marvin had passed away, but we made him like a central point of the project because he, he's sort of like the epitome. He just like was the personification of what like Bodega represents. You know, he was like the person, if there was a person like in hindsight, even though he had moved on from the brand and stuff, but like just the way he was as a creative and, and a, a person in general, he like really represented some of the I don't know the the pillars of like what bodega is to me and like my the impact that bodega had on me it's like it has a lot more to do with the people that have been there than like you know the brand and i think the owners would even say that it's like it the brand is what it is but that was just that's just the place for these people to like get together so like just doing that project and being able to like i don't know sort of do something in honor of him or to like help amplify his legacy for people that don't know who he is or people that just know bodega and the dunk and if they like really looked into it and got the card pack and then he's the like the main card in the pack uh all those things that that was the one project that i feel like was like super near and dear and the uh, yeah no you're you're absolutely right i remember i still remember the video of like the kids running down the street i think it was was it filmed in providence if I, am i mistaken or it was new york it was but new- it was meant to be ambiguously the northeast i yeah, think yeah, yeah. no i re- i remember the campaign that was the, those are the the leather products right with like the baseball stitch in them or yeah, like, yeah 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think even uh, shout out Kevin La. He just picked up another pair at Boston SneakerCon this weekend. Oh yeah, he's wild. <laughs> Kevin's wild. He got the jacket. He got the whole kit. He did. He did. He got. He was, got the, that's oh, the card. That's that's Marvin. Yeah. Um, but his yeah, neighborhood legend. His nickname was Stro, Mister Style for Miles. We got like his like his style stat, his fucking swag stats on the oh, back. But yeah, no, that was. That's a yeah, that's an amazing project. And that was that was more recent. That was uh, obviously a couple of years ago that you guys you guys did that uh, project. So, um, you've obviously worked with so many different brands, and you've been able to to capture this. And it, it seems more so today, right in twenty twenty two, that it's normal for a brand to work with other brands and stuff like that. How have how have you been able to like? still find creativity in that after so many different collaborations or, or so many different like you know repeat not not repeat projects but repeat collaborations with certain brands like how what, what still piques your interest after doing it for so long i guess is the question yeah that's a good question um yeah because that's true like when i started at bodega there was coll- like bodega has done so many pro- footwear specific projects right like if you look at the sock, like we've done like over like damn near fifty sockings over fifteen years. That's like crazy. crazy. Um, but it is, ah, man. So there's a couple of things. I think one aspect of it is kind of like trying to find that uh, unexplored ter- that new territory for Bodega. So it's like the Carhartt 
project. It's like, we don't, we don't have that many apparel based projects. So that's like kind of where my head's been at. Like, how can we do these, um, you know, more apparel, like align with these more apparel based brands that we do stock in the store and we have a relationship with, but how can we like do something meaningful and impactful with like some of these brands? So that, that's one school of thought that like keeps it fresh. And then I think just like, um, man, I don't know, like certain, like, I guess the conversation, cause like, you know, as well as I do, like a lot of the brands have plans for what they're doing and where you fit in. And I think for us, it's like, I'm cool with fitting into the plan, but I try to stretch it every, every point at which I can like get more out of it. I try to. So like, I just always are like, I don't know, our like approach has to do with like shooting for the moon every time, knowing damn well, like half of that stuff is going to get chopped. You know, it's going to get chopped down regardless, but we always try to be like very dreamy in what we're asking for and our approach. And I think that's what keeps, I don't know, like the gusto and energy behind it for me. Cause it's like in, in certain instances, it's like the brand, will get behind us on elements of that and it'll push the project in a direction that like we didn't even you know see it being able to like uh actualize into and then yeah in the other sense they're just like damn you guys are crazy like i don't know what y'all are on y'all are crazy we can't do it for this one but it, it leads to like bigger com you know because then they know now with like some of the brands they just know that we're always gonna come at it like that so they I feel like it, it gives us uh, just like better opportunities in a way because they're like, oh no, they're going to be like super thorough and try to like push it to the max. So we, sh you know, we should give them this project instead or like, I don't know. So it, it's a mix of things, but I think it is trying to navigate like new territory for Bodega and then trying to like really push the things forward where it's like, we're introducing something new through this partnership. It's not, you know, it could just be colors on a shoe and it is a lot of times, but um, being able to like amplify it in the ways that uh, I think we're one of the few brands that are able to do it in a very impactful way. Um, I think that's what keeps us like energy. It keeps our energy in it, I guess. I love that. No, that's, that was a tremendous answer. I really appreciate that. I think that's perfect. Ooh. Like, yeah. Nice. No, <laughs> <laughs> he cr crushed it right off the top of the head. <laughs> um, you know, talking about, you know, keeping yourself energized and, and, and bringing new narratives to the table. Uh, we were just spitballing a little bit before we press play uh, on this in terms of yourself as a creative and some of the different things. And obviously uh, the feels like home project is something that you're, you, you've been working on. You're going to continue working on. What is, uh, does, does, does Drew look out into the future in terms of like what, what he's going to work on next? Or like, how do you, how do you navigate the month over month, year over year? Do you, do you have a, a plan or you just kind of go with whatever you're feeling in the moment? Yeah, I, I need to get better at having a long-term plan. You know, um, I don't have like a very specific plan. I do you know, like so, some relationships that started from graphic design, like these people are growing and doing great things on their own. And it's afforded me different opportunities. For example, like stay silent, you know, 
they started off as like a, a design, uh, sorry, event and like content sort of mm -hmm. company. And now they have their own venue in Providence called Crib. And I helped design the interior like space for that venue. So it's like, I want to get into more stuff like that, like beyond oh, product, good. like okay. space and like physical, I don't know whether it's like art pieces or it's uh, things that people go into and experience or it's something that someone sits on if it's furniture. Um, but definitely getting a little more, I don't know, a little out, I, like I have this idea of like wanting to create things that people experience without it being tied to any brand or label. You know, whether it's an installation at a park that's just there and like you experience it and it, I don't know, you discover that like who's behind it later because it like, it does something for you, you know? And you, you're that curious about it. You're like, yo, who's responsible for this? Like this chair that I sit in every day and like soak up the sun at this part, like whatever. So I don't know, trying to do more shit like that. Like I, uh, I actually, Rhode Island just had a uh, license plate design competition where it was open for people to submit a design. So I had to, and I, I'm waiting to hear back, but like, I guess 900 people uh, submitted. Oh shit. So I'm not gonna be mad if I don't get it, but how sick would it be if like, your design's just on everyone's car in the state? You know That's what I'm saying? And like, cool. people have to see it every day. People <laughs> are looking at it every day. People are passing out license plates with your design on it every day. That shit would be crazy. So I don't know, stuff like that. I really just wanna, uh, yeah, focus on, things like out here that I, I'm gonna like see every day or like people that I run into and help like you know level up whatever they're doing um whether it's musicians or I uh that's artists. that's so cool I and you definitely you definitely are one of the people who bridges the gap between let's call it physical product of like footwear to art to you know events uh and that's always why like I've been I've admired it from the far is because like you can you can bridge all those gaps because there's there's no real like fine boundaries anymore. Like it's all one big merging, you know, creative economy, let's call it. No, absolutely. I agree. Um, where, uh, I got a couple more questions for you. Um, one is where can people find you, right? I know you don't necessarily post or share a lot. Um, you don't even use your real name uh, or your last name on social. Uh, you kind of have to, you have to dig the internet to even find it. Um, but uh, where could people follow your journey? Do you even have a website? Like, I obviously know you have an Instagram, but do you have a yeah, website? I do have an Instagram, but I'm not active as I should be. But that's a goal of mine. That's a goal. So okay. I'm going to be getting more active. So you guys <laughs> might want to get it. No, so you might want to get on there. No, but I have a, I just have a website that's more so, it's more or less like a portfolio website. It's called a feeling.us. It's a-feeling.us. And I try to keep that up to date. That's got my email and stuff on there if anyone wanted to reach out. But I would say there and hopefully Instagram is at Drew underscore bar. And I'm going to I'm going to be on there going. I'm going to be on there going crazy soon. I, Just I'm so fucking jazzed up right now, dude. I, I, <laughs> I'm happy you dropped that like being like I'm going in on it. What I did have a question for you. I've always been curious as to like why the Drew bar? Oh, so BAR is an acronym for Beyond All Reach, which was a brand that I started back. That was another like 
way for me to prove that I could do this design shit before I was a, you know, and like, I don't know. Yeah, it was a brand that I had and I probably stopped being active with like four, like five years ago, but I had it for like four or five years and I was printing tees <laughs> at the crib and doing pop-ups around the, like Providence and stuff. And yeah, and I still, yo, it's crazy, bro. I still see people like wearing it here and there. It's people that I, I do like have a connection with and I, I love I love to see it. Um, but yeah, so it, it originated from that. It was Beyond All Reach was the brand. And I was like, I don't freaking know. The the one brand ambassador, Drew underscore bar, had to attach it to myself. Would you but uh, people think it's my last name? Or people like that's what people refer to me as sometimes. Like they're like Drew Bar, like blah blah blah. I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm gonna keep it. That's what, that's why that's why I was like saying if you if you just like search online, like it's it's hard to even find an, an article that says Andrew White on it. <laughs> no, for sure. It is, yeah, I gotta, um, yeah, I probably should, I don't know if I should switch it, I'm gonna keep it for no, now, but. Keep it. I, I like that it's kind of anonymous, it's kind of cool, and the fact that it stands for Beyond All Reach, I think is, is, is really cool, you should definitely bring the brand back one day, like, as part of something. I'm plotting, I'm plotting okay. on it. Okay, so we got, um, we got two massive, uh, n news, uh, drops here on this episode, <laughs> um, everybody should Don't go break follow. the internet everyone definitely should go follow drew on instagram at a bare minimum uh and just see what he's up to you share a lot of events even so if you're if you're anyone around the northeast and you want to get active and meet some new cool people who do things in different uh music scenes or art scenes or anything around the providence area providence boston area uh definitely check it out uh last question for you right, is listen. if you that's my girl Hello. <laughs> uh, oh. Also, she just walked out. Is that my painting back there? Oh yeah. Oh wait, can you see it? Yeah, I can see it in the in the sunlight. Yeah, why is it? I feel like you can't read it. But it's on an easel. I don't have much wall space. But yeah. Oh my god. Dude, I fucking love it. I'm so happy you have it like out and about. Oh I got how to keep it out and about people think it's like a photograph like i printed it a photograph on canvas this shit's so realistic oh my god so for those watching on youtube you got to experience the, a painting that i i gifted to drew back a few years back at the no bad days collaboration uh with new balancer the three the series of three shoes is, is one of my favorites uh of all time i just think that that it's the messaging and the storytelling behind it is, is beautiful but anyway we're gonna loop back um, I appreciate your girl walking through and just <laughs> and highlighting that back. Yeah, no, that was meant to happen. It was definitely meant to happen. Last question for you. If you had one uh, piece of advice to give either a creative or somebody else or even your younger self uh, or anybody you meet on the street to help inspire them or, or something, that, a piece of advice that's helped you along your journey, uh, what would that message be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say uh, one of the main pieces of advice, I think for me, like speaking to my younger self is to be less of like a perfectionist and a control freak with your practice, whatever it is, like I've just gotten to like the bad habit of like wanting something to be so 100% that I just sit on it.
forever or you know i never like uh just put it out that you know it's like a lot of power and vulner vulnerability and i'm still like figuring out my approach to it but i definitely think like as much work as you put in try to get in a consistent fluid motion of like putting it out to the world even if it's your friend group or a smaller group it doesn't have to be on like social media or whatever but like just like people to get uh you know some level of like feedback and interpretation and whatever it could provide you reinforcement or maybe it will tell you you have to hit the drawing board again but like i'm a i have a terrible habit of just sitting in this exact space with my ideas or with these projects and like manicure them and uh, and fluffing them and doing this stuff and it's like i just wish i would be more like off off the cuff with it sometimes and just put it out there and because it is always i'm always reminded at i've always reminded the reason and like a lot of times i'm reminded of the reason and purpose behind things at that point when it's out in the world and people are receiving it how they receive it and they understand it how they get you know without me having to explain it to or it's like you know some people ask questions and it's like that's like what gives me more like satisfaction and that feeling of empowerment than like you know hoarding it like yo i got this you know i got the all this stuff i'm gonna like do when it's a hundred percent it's like i don't know i need to be a little freer um in that regard so i think it's something like that and then just like set yourself up uh to be ready for the opportunity so don't wait like because one thing with being out here and being where we're located is like a lot of people will be like you know i gotta like go to la to like get on like people don't get me out here and it's like yeah like maybe probably not there are people that get you you're just not finding them or it's like you're not putting in enough energy into what's happening out here you're kind of just like you know so i think uh a big thing for uh young creatives is like to make the most out of what you have in your environment where you have access to and what resources are like in your backyard it's like you're not gonna go from i don't know taking selfies on instagram to like consulting for nike you know what i'm saying but there's like brands in our backyard that are like you know the the all the other footwear brands that you could like try to get your foot in the door and you work towards what you what you get into it's not gonna be a instant gratification sort of you know sort of setup so i think that's important to My like God. recognize too. drew drew just dropping gem after gem after Ooh. gem that was fucking amazing <laughs> what a, what an unbelievable way to wrap up uh episode 60 of an untold narrative drew i'm so stoked one i'm stoked for our friendship and our relationship together but i'm really happy that you spent the time with us today and just kind of uh talked about your process and and some of the things that you've been been doing and are doing so i'm excited to and definitely give them a follow and uh stay tuned for the future thank you my man no i definitely appreciate you too i was just looking and that the panel where we met each other was three years ago this month in was Worcester. it really yeah well it was, Feb it was early february yeah because i was oh, looking shit. through my email for it for this link and your name like from nelson us being on a group email for that uh panel but yeah oh, no God. 
goes without saying. I appreciate you, bro. I wish, man. I wish, I wish that still that behind the hype still existed, but it's it. Uh, I think the name we uh, we we could only do it once because the name was like owned by hypebeast or something like that. Oh, it was one. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I knew it looked familiar. Okay, okay. Um, no, but that was a that was a moment. I like a lot of the people that I met that day in Worcester. Those are the people that I I'm still you know like connected with and I check in check in on. So I. I definitely appreciate you too, bro. 